0: Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And he's old. And I'm young. But we're both cute. You're listening to a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host Nick Scopes. And the Greg Olicious. You know how we do, cause you know we're keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a full swung titty I'll get jitty Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Yeah, cause this is comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready Cause we got to get it poppin' And we ain't stopping.
2: I'm educated, I'm filtered unin. This the man trying dialogue.
0: Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nick Scopes.
2: And I'm the little drummer boy, Greg Alprin.
0: <laughs> Greg is back fresh off of COVID. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I know. Wow. He was um, he was in his nursing home because that's where he <laughs> is. He's, he, we, I, we just put him in there and then he got sick. And, um, you know, he's feeling better though. He actually looks very svelte. He looks good i love it, it
2: 20 pounds he
0: said he's nice. feeling all right um our guest today um fun fact he loves golden grams there's a new retro flavor out try that shit out honey's um, back baby <laughs> honey's back that's what greg said when he got done with covid Oh, God. he texted me he's like honey's back i was like get the fuck out of here bro. <laughs> leave me alone but uh, our guest today is Eddie Torres. He has the RRBG podcast, which stands for Rock and Roll Beer Guy Podcast. What's yes, up, Eddie? Uh, how, are, how are you doing out in LA? Everything's open, right? Everyone's yeah, running dude.
1: around. I've been doing six sets a night. I mean,
0: it's <laughs> fucking great. Yeah, you just do it. You, you go to Gavin Newsom's house. He's not wearing a mask. You do private shows. Yeah, probably. we go to that
1: winery and shit, and we just get drunk. It's great. It's, they run their own winery. So we're, it's good, man. We're all good here.
0: What a What a <laughs> piece of shit he is, huh?
1: <laughs> look man i i also I, it's weird i don't like the lockdown i don't like the piece of shit politicians uh but there, i'm not comfortable being around people yet i've gone out a few times like i went to the farmer's market out by la, uh, la brea and I, there's too many people there i was just like yo <laughs> back yeah. away a little bit come on i just needed to get some meat what are you doing to me
2: <laughs> yeah, you know i gotta tell you i i you know it isn't a joke i i did get sick and i'm i'm just getting over it and um i got sick in florida right which i went to of course you did <laughs> dude that's what i said <laughs> quick quick interjection
0: i love greg greg was so nervous about covid and then he got on a plane and went to florida no dude <laughs> well- granted would, it was for
1: family stuff anywhere else i would be like okay but florida <laughs> well, no, let me,
2: I, I went with good intentions to help my mom he did
0: it was and, very nice yes.
2: um i could not have been safer right so i stayed in my house with i have a 16 year old son he was with me we stayed in the house we would go out and when we had to go out we were incredibly careful i like lathered myself in sanitizer had like uh, more,
1: Danny DeVito. And yeah. it's always sunny, covered in head to toe. I was like a bubble
2: boy, <laughs> literally like I was a bubble boy. OK. And, you know, of course, we we went out to eat a, a handful of times. We were there for Christmas. We went out for Christmas Eve dinner. We went out for Christmas, dinner, but to places where there was like nobody. We were like alone in these restaurants, for the most part, thought totally safe. Got tested the day we left Florida. We both tested negative. Land home next day. I'm sick. My and my son not sick. And to this day, my son was is not sick. He's tested three times negative since I got sick, which he's is younger, insane.
1: dude. And he's got a better immune system than you do. Yeah. Yeah. He's not my 85. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, <laughs> and my son, who didn't go to Florida, who I saw for maybe 10 minutes when I got home, got sick after I got sick. Ah. So, really? um, and he's thankfully okay, but. Yeah, it, it fucking sucked. But in Florida, they are acting like it doesn't exist.
1: Well, spring break, dude. I have to party. Like I'm, I spent way too much time in Florida. Yeah, I, I'm from Jersey, but I ended up moving to Florida when I was like 15 because my dad got arrested and shit just got crazy. So we basically fled to Miami it's and <laughs> to New
2: Jersey. Actually, what happened? It's usually why people move to New Jersey because they get arrested.
1: Yeah. No, but I was born there. So he, you know, the, they came from Spain and, and picked Jersey and then they just did business. Like the way my dad sees it is I had to do what I had to do to feed the family sure. and you know, whatever shit he got into. uh, And then he got arrested and we just like, Hey, we're going to Florida now. And then we, we all went to Florida and I'm like, all right, we'll be here for a couple years. And then we'll end up back in New Jersey. Cause that's, that was just a mentality. Like we're just hiding, you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll go back. And then, uh, they waited and waited and waited. I, I got through high school and I had a girlfriend and I had a band and the fucking, they're like, all right, we're going back to Jersey. I'm like, nope. <laughs> are, you are you fucking kidding? I already did a life. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? So, yeah, it was, it, I spent 25 years, I don't know how long, 22, 25 years in Florida. So. What part? Uh, Miami. Okay.
2: So where I was in Florida God was love. the old people part of Florida. I was in a Retirement community outside of Orlando.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So
2: <laughs> it was I told you, a, it's a
1: nursing home. That's a yeah, nursing it's home.
2: like a nursing. Home. <laughs> the way I described it is, it was like a hedonistic old age summer camp.
1: Oh yeah, it's a bunch of old people fucking cult. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: like, I like. I would go into town like, and everything's a golf cart. So I'm driving around in a golf cart with my kid. We're just kind of looking at shit, staying to ourselves. And there's a center of town which had like live bands every night of the week and just tons of old people dancing, maskless, like nothing is going on in the world. And I asked a few people and they were like, well, you know, we're all old, right? And if we get sick, we get sick. And if we don't make it, we don't make it. <laughs> yeah, They're just they're <laughs> done. They don't give <laughs> a shit anymore. <laughs> We've lived. I'm, you know, I'm 86 years old. I've lived my life. I'm going to yeah. get sick and die of something.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So
2: I'm not going to stay in my house. There's
0: got to be some peace to that, too. Right. For them. So
2: and it was an incredible amount of like it looked extremely freeing. But then who's the asshole that gets sick? Me. <laughs> 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 like. <laughs> like I was as careful as you could be like I wore like everything. And then I'm the fucking dickhead that go, gets on an airplane, goes home and gets sick. Yeah,
1: man, that sucks, dude. I'm sorry you got sick. That shit sucks. But, you know, uh, the old people think I get it. I get it, dude. I'm the same way I've told my family. Like, I'm not a vain guy that I, I'm not. I don't need my family's like, w- when, when are you going to have children? I'm like, I don't whenever I'm not trying to leave a legacy here. This is not <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> man. I have a fucking rock and roll podcast. Yeah, I guess this is fine. So so i've told i've said it repeatedly I, I if i get to the age when i can't wipe my own ass just put me out sure just put me out dude i'm good i need to be i don't want someone else reaching into my ass area to scoop out poop i just
2: see that's I'm, what i'm, I'm you, good that's what makes you and nick different kinds of people nick is nick is dying for someone. i'm not
1: kink shaming i'm sorry
2: <laughs> really? yeah no not
0: wipe my ass but like hey if anyone's listening you want to throw a finger in there it's all good <laughs> Time, I forgot, I
1: forgot we're not using this microphone, so I'm putting it down.
0: <laughs> and then he just left. <laughs> yeah.
1: But no, I'm just um, like
0: my golden grams are calling. I'm fucking dude. Out.
1: And so yeah, this morning I went to Ralph's, and it's the same. Like out here in L.A., everyone is very like it, it's an aggressive vibe now when you walk out to the supermarket. Everybody's on on really? defensive. You know what I mean? Oh. Everybody's kind of looking at each other all weird. Like, as we're getting down, the, we go down the aisle and we stop, and it's like huh, huh, i'll go to the right like, it's it's fucking freaky shit and I, i'm usually stoned out of my mind when i go to ralph so it's the worst time i'm i'm just that's there looking bad, at me. which i'm there like oh, time, i bro. like this bread looks good but what about that one and they, and, <laughs> excuse me and they're like no nah! and they run away
2: <laughs> what ralphs do you go to do you go to the one that's like over by um that's like by that cvs on santa monica up in hollywood
1: uh no i'm going to one on wilshire it's on wilshire and uh no not wilshire what am i saying it's like uh yeah close to wilshire and la brea somewhere around it there it's it. one of those corners it's but yeah it, it's chaos dude everybody's on the f- defensive well i'm actually on the i'm in the i'm in the kosher routes That makes oh sense. that's yeah, yeah cool. there's a, there's like a whole half of the supermarket is all kosher stuff Oh, so i didn't even right. know they had that yeah yeah Huh. Which is good for me because I'm trying to make whatever you know changes to keep myself alive a little bit longer than I would.
2: You're shopping in the expensive Ralphs. You may as well shop in Whole Foods.
1: Yeah, right. Might as well. But hey, they got the beer I want. They got the the stuff I need. I guess the golden grams with the honey. Okay.
2: <laughs> so let's let's talk about your show for for a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, so you, you're you you've built a show which is largely you know, around rock and roll, but it's not just rock. You you cover a lot of stuff, rock, comedy, wrestling, beer. Yeah. Uh, well, it started as just beer. And right. like
1: it, it was supposed to be beer and a musician. That was the original concept. Like the very first episode I like, got, right, I got a musician and a brewer, and we're going to talk shit three-way. And then like three episodes in, I realized that brewers aren't very social. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and when they are, they're they're very awkward in social situations. And I love them to death. They're great people, but my God, there's just no, (laughs) there's no filter. They're
0: like, they're like hipster (laughs) scientists.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. I I took a, I took one of the brewers out from Cigar City because I used to work in the beer industry. That's kind of where that whole, the beer part of the podcast comes from. And, uh, I worked at this with this, you know, pretty popular, famous brewer, Wayne, Wayne Wombles is his name. One of the, one of the best brewers I've ever met in terms of creating, some kind of new thing flavor wise. And the dude, I, I, you know, they made a big deal about, Hey, let's set up this dinner in Miami, uh, a six course meal. We're going to, we're going to pair each course with a beer and we're going to present Wayne as the guest of honor. And everybody gets to meet Wayne and take pictures with him, and he'll sign autographs and whatnot. <clears throat> I get down there and I, I, I find him in a corner with a little notepad. And I, I'm i like, I'm, I'm like, am I talking in the dinner? Is this my dinner? I thought you were, you're the guest. Like, right. I thought you were supposed to have a presentation. He's like, "Yeah, hold on, man. I just figured out a new way how to dry hop beer." And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, do your thing, man. Keep working. I'll, I'll fucking entertain the crowd." I
2: guess <laughs> it, it is true. I'm. I'm a. I used to be. I mean, I guess I still am like a big craft beer guy, right? And um, you know, I've talked to a lot of breweries because I, I've you know, I go up and down the the East Coasts or the you know the Northeast because it. So, obviously so freaking popular here now and you know I'm like a I, I consider myself like a craft beer guy but I don't consider myself a craft beer snob right mm. so I I have a hard time getting in a conversation with other beer guys who want to talk about like the you know the hops and the you know the aroma and where that hop comes from and all and I'm like just do you like this beer or do you <laughs> not like this beer Just just yes or no <laughs> like that's all i need to know like yeah. is it fruity or is it bitter like besides that i i don't need to know the birth you know trajectory of these particular hops
1: yeah so that's why there's, there's been less that's why there's been that's why there's been less brewers on the show As, right. that was the whole point i brought up is just they're just not they can't really communicate uh, just normally it's all beer and that's fine they are artists that's how yeah. i see it you know yeah. what i mean like, That they're talking about their world and i don't want to interrupt that like just do your thing. I guess I love beer. I made beer. I've, you know, that's uh. so to complete the story of how the, like the first episode happened, it was uh, meeting Adam D from kill switch. And right. I, I met him at the brewery while I was working for them. And, you know, we became instant friends at the brewery and like a year or two later, I call him up. I'm like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. You want to be the first guest? And he's like, yeah, dude, totally. I'm like, great. And I, you know, I, I grabbed one of the brewers from Cigar City and 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 Adam, and we did our first episode. We just sat, talk shit, and we made a kill Switch beer together. Right. The, the the brewer I had on and, and Adam, we all made that alive or just brewing beer. And then uh, <clears throat> and then from there, it was just like, all right, well now I guess I need another episode. And I just kept <laughs> you know talking to people that I know or met. And then as as I moved out here to Hollywood, I started meeting comedians and hanging out at- and 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 I started having more comedians on the show. So then it's kind of now become an st- like amalgam of whatever I like, you know?
2: Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool because as I was like ripping through just all, a lot of the past episodes, it's, it's, you know, it's such a great mix of, of every, all of it. You know, music, um, you know, I even saw some wrestler, wrestlers in mixed in there. UFC guys, obviously comedians and just a ton of great bands, you know so it's it's really cool you know it's sort of you know similar hey, to kind of how we are but you know we're pretty entrenched just in you know really in the comedy world with a few offshoots and, and other things um but i think that that's what makes your, you know, your show super duper cool is because there's a lot of flavor to it
1: thank you man yeah it's because i'm latino we like spices <laughs> Put adobo <laughs> on that shit, baby. A little bit of a sazon. That's it, man. Yeah, <laughs> sazon completa. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild wild thing, man. Like I, it's one of those. I, I don't believe in like shit like the secret, you know what I mean, or any of that. But <laughs> but I I have noticed that a lot of the times when I put my mind to something and and I'm like all right, let's just do it. Like I don't even. I'm, I try not to overthink it. Let's like, just put it together. Right. And then usually when you act, when you act like that, that kind of influences the other person to just be like, okay, let's yeah. fucking do something. You know, that's what people want to see. I think is that, that driver want to do something, I guess.
2: Yeah. So what do you, what, what do you think makes like your interview style unique to you over, you know, someone else that's listening to another guy interview. Cause I, I saw one of your interviews was with Matt Pinfield who, you know, to, to guys that grew up in the the MTV era like I did um, and through all of those early shows, you know, Matt was a fixture, right? Yeah. So if there was a band, you know, coming out, you know, that was, that was an alternative band or a little harder style band, like Matt was the guy you wanted to get interviewed by. You know, like he he was the guy.
1: Guy's a legend, dude.
2: Yeah, total legend. So (laughs) it's almost like if you were a top 40 band, you know, you'd want Casey Kasem to be your, you know, your show. But if you were not, you know, ended these 120 minutes or whatever, Mm -hmm. like Matt was the guy. Right. So and he is an awesome interviewer. Right. I always looked up to him as a guy that interviewed people and and thought that his interviews always were great because Mm -hmm. he got into it from the music side, but from the friend side. So it made the interview just seamless and cool yeah right so like what do you like how do you look at your style
1: well i kind of i gotta give a lot of credit to matt pinfield himself dude that was a big episode for me because i was just i couldn't believe he said yes that that was it i was just like wait what i just messaged (laughs) i just messaged him on instagram like hey man huge fan you know you're a major influence uh on what i what i do with my life so uh if you want to do the show and he said yeah i'm like what what (laughs) (laughs) uh and i i mean because i i guess what makes it unique is that i'm i still try to be humble i'm i try not to
0: oh yeah i'm
1: the rock and roll beer guy what's up you know i'm not i'm I'm just a guy (laughs) that likes things and i'm fortunate enough to know a few people i think you know i I put in my dues too so like I, i was in a band for 10 years i get the scene i get what musicians go through i get the, the process of touring living on the road all that shit that you know comedians share in common too comedians sure. are always on the road they're touring you know it's a very similar thing and you're on stage you got a light on you same thing with musicians only there's four or five of you on it's like the comedy troupe you know i guess or one of those like improv sets but is what you were to you know compare it to but but still like it, it's a lot of pressure to be especially me like i was the front man in the band i didn't i never wanted to be Right. Like I w- it wasn't something I enjoy. I wasn't that rock star guy trying to make some cool music. And I ended up having to be the front guy and then having to figure out, okay, how do I interact with this crowd just to keep him engaged? Like get in their face, yell at them, grab some dude by the shirt. I don't know if I can run into the crowd. That's what I grew up doing. So then, you know, when the podcasting started coming around, i like, right, I think I could combine these worlds. I think I could do something with all the experiences I've had and all these people I've met to build something
2: so i'm gonna guess that you were in an emo type band
1: yeah don't i look so emo i had the, the hair across my eyes no it was <laughs>
0: it's called my chemical romance you guys yeah dude i used it? to put
1: on makeup hello well, that's yeah.
2: you, dashboard confessional i knew i recognized you
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i mean look we had a couple songs that were you know soft I would call soft songs, ballads, would, power ballads, ballads. Power ballads <laughs> that, you know, it was weird because we would mix them up in the set. So we would have a few heavy songs and then we'll throw one of those in there and the crowd gets weirded out. Cause all the girlfriends start paying attention and all the dudes that were moshing kind of just stop. Right. And then they're kind of like, they're the dudes, they're dude, the dudes are into it, but it's mostly for the ladies that are there. Yeah. 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 And then, and then we go back to screaming in their face. And, right. and they start moshing. You see the girls all confused.
0: Like, What's <laughs> happening? <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to see, like, if you start playing
0: a slow song and then guys in the pit, they just, like, look at each other and they just start making out. No, we right? have
1: we have a lot of that. Like, we've had that. We've had not like, just I'm making sorry, out. Sorry, I but hit like, you. All the dudes start hugging and, like, hey, man. yeah. They put out lighters and shit. It's like, oh, my God. That's I've had, like... the... yeah, go go ahead.
0: ahead. No, no, you go ahead.
1: No, like we, we you know we got to that point where we had those songs that at the end of the song the whole crowd would jump up to finish the song with the band. I guess at one point, and it was very very rowdy shows that we would put put on. That's cool,
0: uh, man. I, 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 like
1: I don't know what like I don't know the genre. I mean, we mix it up. There's songs that sound like a punk rock song. There's songs that sound like a Tool song. There's songs right. that sound like a you know whatever. It, it, our influences. We would just write whatever, and we were lucky enough that we got to tour it and. You know, sleep on. What was the name of the band? The Sever was the name of the band.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I I'll tell you one of the <laughs> the most fun times I have had at any type of show. And I used to have a music magazine, so I, I spent years entrenched in the music business. And I I've been to a million different shows, a million bands. I like my music on the harder side. And I was in San Francisco a year or so ago, and there was a band called Brujeria. You know those guys? Oh
1: yes, yeah.
2: And I'm like, you know, I, I'll go see any band if I'm in a city, you know, if there's a lot of music, I'll go. And I really had, I knew they were a heavier band. I didn't know much about them. So I show up to this <laughs> tiny venue, right? Like, <laughs> like, so, oh, you're no. the so you know what I walked into. Nick, you <laughs> yeah. must Google these guys right now. Like, I think Google you them. told me this story,
0: but yeah, keep going
2: So, like, I walk in And it's like one of these metal low You know, you've been in them They're like super low ceilings And it's it—it's just rough from the second you walk in the door <laughs> And these guys are already on stage And it's its honestly It's like I walked into Like a Mexican cartel Like trial by five every, It was unbelievable Like their entire set They don't say every single thing Every word is in Spanish Mm-hmm. Right. They, What's his
0: fan's name again?
2: Brujeria. Brujeria.
1: Brujeria. Or yeah, with a J in the middle. Yeah.
2: And you know, they're all up there. Like their whole stick is that they're like Mexican drug lords. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> right. Like, and it was it was unbelievable, but it was so much fun. Did they like,
1: have the did they have the Trump piñata?
2: No, no. It was it was They've like, done that. Are they
1: like a, they
0: like a Mexican guar? Kind oh. of Gore. is a little more
2: yeah
1: costume, costume yeah, yeah
0: theatrics. Yeah. Got, they has got. Do have some amazing album art though. Wow.
2: Yeah. This is cool. It was so much like their music is obviously very aggressive and yeah. rough, but good, right? Like really with like good grooves to it. And one of the girls who is in the band is like a well-known actress.
1: Jessica Pimentel. She's a she's a homie of mine. Really? And <laughs> yeah, was, dude. What? You had her on the podcast, right? A <laughs> couple, couple times. Yeah, we're friends. Yeah. Oh wow yeah dude that's it's it's bananas to have that that the voice that she has like when you see her you don't expect that to come out of that body it's like that doesn't make any sense so when you see like a big dude with a high-pitched voice you're just like wait what yeah (laughs) it's weird so yeah yeah, no brujeria is crazy uh other bands that like i used to go see this band called dillinger escape plan yeah yeah they they recently like they're not around anymore but Those shows were pure chaos. Yep. And I, I mean, I've never been to one Dillinger show where I didn't leave hurt. Right. So that it was a weird thing to tell people that yeah. a lot, it, it was normal in my life. Like right. I was in a band and those were, they became friends of mine as well. And it was a thing. And, and I, I, to convince normal people that, Hey, look, this is what I enjoy. The singer's blowing fire into the crowd Uh, there's also they have torn the air ducts from the AC into the audience and there's fiberglass (laughs) just everywhere and he's going with fire I'm like we're all gonna die that's what's happening tonight and like there's just a little bit of a like weird I know it sounds sick but there's like a weird beauty uh, in in that for me like this animalistic thing that that I, I can let go of there I don't You know, Latinos are known to be fiery, kind of violent people. A lot of them end up being domestic abusers. I think one of the reasons I'm not is because I take it out with music. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's one of the I I I know that feeling. I got Soulfly were those shows that did it for me. Right. Yeah, dude. And what I was at one show and I had this magazine. So I was in the photo pit actually taking pictures of the band, right? And they come out on stage and it was during Back to the Primitive, right? So that was had just come out right and and that that song if that song can't get someone amped up there's nothing no song ever written that will right so they come out they started their set with that song which was like an amazing way to start a set like you're starting off as hot as you possibly could the entire crowd like a thousand people just all bounced the exact same time and pushed the barriers right which you would think are not movable completely up to the stage right so i i don't know how i saw it happen behind me but i happened to just move out of the way before like as it happened and i stood to the side i got to the side of the stage and it didn't like hit me but all the photographers wound up having to duck under the stage or they oh, honestly would were about to get crushed and they they didn't stop the show <laughs> somehow the security guards like wedged themselves in and pushed these barriers back but it was insane like i honestly at that point i was like holy shit someone's dying in this show today there's um, a, it would there's have been a, worth it cuz it was so, uh, there's a, well, <laughs> so why,
1: there there's a little bit of that like human beauty when you're in that situation it makes you fear for your life which a lot of people don't get often yeah, yeah. most of the time people are living comfortably and they they take advantage of it they don't even realize it They're, you're home on you have ac or maybe you don't have ac but you're not fucking dying Right. You know what I mean? And and you you're not really most of the time in a life threatening situation. And sometimes you need that to build yeah. character, to build understanding of like how how to react in a situation like that. Because what happens, you know, look at look at I, look at what I happened luckily. at the Capitol.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I luckily never got hurt of the show ever, but have been very close multiple times. I
1: uh, always right.
0: avoid the pit. I avoid oh, the pit. I, I love watching. To. I I truly enjoy it. like you said, there is a beauty to it. Like yeah. You know because i do stand-up comedy people are like we're surprised so last it was 420 show um last april 2019 uh terror from la it was at the college theater in new haven uh obituary and then hate breed was the headliner Ooh, that's a lot of moshing. yeah <laughs> it was wild but like it, the moshing was like aggressive and like whatever and i'm watching my buddy my buddy west who's a nut and he's the one who got me into this music we've been friends since we were 14. And he's moshing. He's like 6'3", he's like 280, he's a cop, he's pretty big. And he's like, you know, whatever, is moshing. And there's a guy who probably outweighs him by 100 pounds, who he's like moshing with and like starts to fall. And my buddy Wes like catches him just in time and picks yeah. him back up. And they like shook hands and then just
1: kept <laughs> moshing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, there is a brotherhood or some kind of weird thing there. It's like a love when you're in the pit. Uh, sometimes people get out of line and when you, when you have a few of your brothers there with you, uh, you, you, it's a weird, uh, telepathic communication that happens when like, like it's happened to me in Florida. They used to have these giant concerts that were all day festivals from the radio station. It was, you know, Rob Zombie and God smack and corn and all these big radio bands. But I would just go for the fun of just being in the crowd, just enjoying the live ambiance and whatnot, and I would just go mosh in everybody's pit no matter who was playing just to yeah. be part of that. And we started even dressing up to these fucking things. We would all wear overalls <laughs> so we could find each other in the fucking crowd. And then like it, it, it was uh, such a weird fucking thing that, that I became a part of. Like, we would just go and, and like mosh safely with people, and then when we would see someone go out of line, we would go in there and kick their ass. <laughs> <laughs> if we see some dude ninja kicking a little girl, he's going down like yeah. that's what that's what's happening so there
0: was th- there was that uh, at that same show jamie josta stopped uh i think it was like in between songs someone he could see was getting fucked up in the crowd and he like oh. stopped and was like hey 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 like you got to help that guy he's like we can't be doing this shit here blah blah, blah yeah. and like stopped what he was doing and when they came out people went fucking nuts like that was like everyone was moshing the whole time and doing their thing but when they came out dude i was standing next to my buddy and someone jumped off of something, hit my buddy in the back, and his nose just started bleeding immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "All right,
1: well, fuck." <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, and it's really one of the the things that fascinated me with music and why I look, I dedicate so much of my time with it, like just with the podcast, trying to talk to as many musicians as possible. Uh, that i enjoy just to get get to know them get to get how they got to that point that they're creating this music because there is a a crazy magical force with music that causes a crowd to do something like that you know what i mean like it, it they're not consciously thinking at that moment they get hit with that frequency of music and their body just goes they, yeah. ah! like it, it's a it triggers this like weird animalistic uh nature in people it's and it's. I think it's fascinating. and something that should be studied a little bit more than just enjoying. Like you can convince people to do things with music if you would have the right message in your music. You know what I mean? It's 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 like brainwashing, but through sound. It's weird. Yeah. Every time, every
0: time I see Greg, I play uh, Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Trying to get him in the mood. <laughs> yeah,
0: it hasn't. It hasn't worked. But I'm gonna keep. I'll maybe I'll try a yeah. Hatebreed.
2: Try, try Hatebreed. <laughs> it's not my song. It's not getting it going end of heartache (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely uh some slipknot maybe that which by the way like i i you know i've gone to a ton of shows like you and i mean you know a lot of hardcore shows and 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 everything in between and really i i never ever felt in danger in any in a pit i mean yes certainly like you got to be cautious and conscious of your surroundings but i never really felt Like I, I was going to have harm done to me one, one because I'm a little bit of a bigger guy. So it's not that easy to knock me around, but obviously anything can happen. The one time I said to myself, holy shit, like, this is a little weird. Like I could see something happening, which I don't even know why, because it, it, it never had happened before, but was it a slipknot show from, have you like, have you ever been like right up front when those guys come on to stage and the mayhem oh, yeah. that ensues once that shit happens.
1: You start getting crushed immediately like, out that, of breath. <laughs>
2: again, I was I was in the photo pit, so I was protected. Like there was not a real crowd. I wasn't in the crowd. I was in yeah. front of the crowd. And just when those guys came onto stage, the music and all the shit that's around slipknot guys banging on kegs. And I was like, if if I was ever gonna keep- get <laughs> Get hurt at a show. It's going to be now. (laughs) Like, this is the time. Like, it's going to be now because your senses are so overwhelmed by everything that just has gone. You know, the lights come down, they come out. It's fucking mayhem.
1: Roar of the crowd. crowd.
2: Everybody
1: goes nuts when the lights uh, go out.
2: (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is it. (laughs) This is where it lays to rest. But if it's going to be any place, it should be at a Slipknot show. Uh, But nothing happened it was no.
1: yeah. yeah it's it's such a weird it's a, such a it's weird to me that not more people are into it like metal is considered kind of niche like yeah. it's not the popular music it's yeah. sometimes like Slipknot will break through like Slipknot had album of the year or whatever it was sure. number one billboard great that's great that's the that's huge for metal absolutely whether you like them or not whether you think they've gone soft and pop or whatever because they're they're making more money now you're wrong (laughs) it's still crazy
2: crazy. um
1: but yeah i love music dude and it's been my number one passion and that's why when i started the show that's what i wanted it to be but then i started getting older and realizing that there's there's way more stuff like comedy i've always been a fan of comedy but the last two or three years, I've become obsessed with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and so, it's the right time too. You know, yeah. comedy right now is having-
1: Right now is the best time to yeah, make-
2: <laughs> It really is. Like I've been a comedy fan. I mean, obviously not for live comedy right now, but I've been a comedy fan my entire life, right? And I grew up watching like the 80s um, comedy stuff on HBO, right? The Young Comedian Specials and Half Hour Comedy Hour and you know, the stuff that was on VH1, you know, when they had their went through their comedy stuff. And, you know, that was kind of a cool time period with the comic relief, you know, specials that they did. Like, that was a cool time. And then there was such a downtime. Mm, Which is... I remember. Everyone knows how the comedy store went through tons of struggles and comedy, you know, was just not it for a long time. And then the last few years, it's just been... It's been everything. You know, your top podcasts, comedy podcasts, right? the the top shows on on netflix comedy shows right so really this is the golden era of the last couple decades in comedy
1: you know why it is because these are the darkest times
2: yeah it could be it could
1: be <laughs> in the darkest times we need comedy like yeah. music's good but like we need somebody to make us feel better somebody to make us laugh because otherwise like what the fuck you know i mean so i think that's why there's been such a huge boom in comedy and more people are getting into uh, the fact that a lot of comedians have become successful and are making a lot of money yeah is also very appealing for certain people uh but that's the wrong reason to get into it you know that's the same that's what happens in music all the time dudes are like i want to be a rock star so i can be a millionaire it's like "Mm." that's not how that
2: works (laughs) that's not not these days (laughs) no
1: that's not how that works
0: very that's a very small percentage of uh rock stars that make it to there but it takes a
1: long time
0: very long time unless (laughs) you're unless you're like motley Crue and you you know you're on world tour the next year and (laughs) (laughs) it was wild anyway i have a question so this is my question regarding uh like you said metal isn't really mainstream right mm. but there's a couple bands that break through and as a musician like i think like hate breed has definitely broken through they have a certain way about i would say kill switch sorry because i've played those uh bands for friends of mine who are not metal fans and like this is good yeah i'm like yeah no it and i'm like slipknot i guess my question is like what makes them break through like that like what's the reason you think
1: um it it's so Bands like Killswitch and Hatebreed, although they have made it, they are what I would consider they've made it. They're still not like they're not on the like radio. Like Slipknot broke through, like that's they what were I mean. like all, like, that's I all said. the way was... past that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it has to do with presenting a packaged product that you can resell, and it sucks, but. It, it's a very rough line for artists to go from i'm doing this because i love music to how can i make money off of it like it, it's it gets tainted sometimes when you when your focus is the money and not the art but when you've been doing it for so long like a band like Slipknot, they've been doing it for many years and they've been refining their presentation the, the band's got costumes now where like that are way more intricate than the original masks yeah. that they would wear and they've got Full on ensembles now. It's not just the jumpsuit and a mask. It's you know they're characters. So there you go. Now you can sell characters. Now you got action figures and you got pop Funko vinyl figures and you've got costumes for Halloween. Every sell each individual mask plus a costume. Like yeah, it's it's money. How can you turn what you love into a package that you can sell? And 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 that's how they make it to that point. I think. Uh, yeah. And it takes a little bit of that selling out that people say all the time. Oh, you sold out fine, bro. I'm trying to make a living. I don't yeah. want to work at an office.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would, I would like, say like, go ahead, go ahead. I just, I just think that it's, it's an interesting time music wise, right. Especially for, um, the more harder music, right. Cause when you look at the tours over the last few years that are, you know, these big tours, it's, it's, I look at them as they're really all old nostalgia nostalgia tours, right. Mm-hmm. Um, And at some point very soon, that's going to go away. KISS cannot tour that much longer. Def Leppard, Motley Crue, you know, all these these classic bands that go out on these big summer tours that are kind of keeping, you know, the metal flag alive are not going to do it that much longer. And then you don't have a whole lot of shit behind them, right? Because even if you look at the Hatebreeds, Killswitch, Cold Chamber, you know, just go down the list, right there's not a lot of stuff behind that either that's going to you know really break through right certainly there's tons of smaller bands that are killing it as far as music goes but as far as popularity goes there's just there, there's not a lot there
1: unfortunately it all comes down to money right and and labels
2: yeah and sure.
1: and the labels now are it's different than it used to be obviously um they're not, nobody's giving out these paychecks to these rock stars anymore. Um, they are, however, it, it's 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 they are picking projects that they put money behind for marketing, sure. and so that they're they're being played on Sirius XM and they're Liquid Metal and Octane, and you got ads and magazines, and you've got it, it's all that's what it's it, it's getting one of those dudes to take interest in your product, and sure, a lot of artists that I believe are doing something worth paying attention to uh, don't get that attention and because people, they're people, they want to be able to use it and mold it. So when they see that you've got your own thing going, they're like, well, I can't, I can't, you know what I mean? Like I can't interfere with that. Yeah. And they're not going to let me even like, I don't know how to explain it, but like the band ghost, for example, that, that band was created out of to create a piece of art. But I think also with the idea of, I can sell this. This is merchandise. This oh, is absolutely! T-shirts and toys and whatnot. Yep. So, I I don't know. It's it's weird. Um, to me, I, I there's plenty of bands. I think like Sleep Token, uh, band uh, even like rap artists like Clipping. They're doing things that are very unique and artistic and have the potential to be that big. But we got to figure out a way to help these bands kind of get a spotlight. And that I, that's one of the things I was hoping to do with my show. I'm like, if enough people listen and I keep pumping shit out. Maybe people start like, okay, I trust his opinion. Maybe I'll check out that band. You know?
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, that's. I think you know this is going to sound insane, um, but it's actually part of my real world. Is I, I do, you know, think that that's that's part of what Hot Topic as a retail chain. Why? What made them strong mm-hmm. from, you know, say ten years ago, right? They they were that retailer that the teens would go to that was kind of like their radio station right so if you walked into hot topic and you saw you know a my chemical romance t-shirt on the wall and you heard my chem in the in the store and all these other bands that happened to be popular at the time whatever they might have been you know they it that's just helps you generate an audience Right. So they may start playing bands before they sell a T-shirt a year in advance. Right. They, they they'll play music that may not show up in their store on the T-shirt wall for 18 months. But it's the it's a it's this ground that allows them to test with all these kids who come in to see what they like. And then not only what they like, tell them what they like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then a year and a half later, they're selling them that T-shirt that they they built that audience the way a radio station used to build an audience.
1: Something it, happened with Hot Topics, like uh, ownership or something where there was a big change with them. Yeah. I remember there was, oh, at, at yeah. one point they were promoting a lot of, yeah. You know, like my band played at a Hot Topic, you know <laughs> what I mean? And it felt like, uh, like a big middle finger thing to me because, uh, you know, I was I grew up hating like corporations and yeah. all that bullshit. So when I saw Hot Topic, I'm like, fuck that. But then they offered us to play a show there, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> fucking play there. And if we packed it out. The whole right. store, like the store, was getting upset because they're like, oh, there's people moshing. I'm like, it's a show.
2: Yeah, oh so, yeah you invited <laughs> us. Remember, you
1: do. You did no research. That's what happened. You just said, yeah, go ahead, play. You should have looked into it. <laughs> They, they did that with, the, if, I, here's a clip, if you want a fun clip to watch on YouTube, type Dillinger Escape Plan, Virgin Megastore. Dillinger Escape Plan got booked to play a Virgin Megastore in New York, and I guarantee you, whoever booked them did not look up what was going to happen.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> you look at this video, and there's packed audience, there's escalators.
2: Yeah, yeah, the, mid, the Midtown the- store. Yeah,
1: yeah. And dude... The second they start, Greg runs off stage full speed over like six or seven heads yeah. and just chaos. The fucking everybody flying around. And I mean, I guarantee you, nobody at that Virgin was expecting
2: that. And that was a big story. Like I used to go to that store all the time. Yeah, dude. Great. Tell from my office. Anyway, man, th- this was awesome. We're going to have to do this on a regular basis. We could talk shop non stop for hours.
1: Hey man, um, we only talked about music. I got a lot of things. MMA, wrestling, and comics, video games. Whatever you want to talk about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's talk about Nick. Nick, what, what what can we talk about about you, buddy?
1: What do you want to know?
2: I don't know. What are you wearing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh gym clothes. Just got out of the gym. So I got some sweat on here. Looks good.
2: Nice. It smells I mean, good. Seven dollar
0: sure. t shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah, I smell fucking <laughs> Horrible,
2: I haven't smelled anything in 10 days.
1: Oh my God, COVID.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like this morning, I was like, maybe I'll smell something today. Nothing. That sucks. That
1: alone me. is enough for me to say no thanks to that virus. Yeah.
2: Like it it's the honestly, it for me, and I know this is, you know, to some people who are gonna hear this like not the right thing to say, but for me, that has been the worst part. Like not being able to smell or taste anything yeah. is really tough. It sucks. You know, like you, until that's gone, you don't realize how hard that is to to deal with, like not being able to smell anything. Like I, I could go twelve days now not shower and have no idea, yeah. <laughs> like, like no, no idea, like none, like absolutely Thanks. none. <laughs> Thanks, like, Biden.
0: It's all your fault.
2: Well, dude. I mean, I sat the first six <laughs> days, I sat in bed and did nothing, and I'm like, I didn't shower, did nothing I'm like how how bad do I smell right now? (laughs) And I had no idea. The answer was no fucking clue.
1: And you were you were uh, isolated. So you don't live with you have family that you live with.
2: Yeah, but nobody came near me. So, you know, I'm locked in a bedroom, a bedroom with the windows open. So like it's keeping itself aired, but I have no idea. And I would be like, do I smell? No, I'm good. Right. Like, I don't, I'd be like, I'm perfect. I could go out into the world. (laughs) It's all about perception.
0: Exactly. I kept texting Greg's wife and I was like, Hey, you should probably take him to the vet and have him put down. I think (laughs) this is it for him and she wouldn't do it. She still likes him. So that's annoying, but
2: it's funny. I sent Nick, I, I hope I sent it to Nick. I might've been in the throes of just brain fog. I sent one night. I wrote out all like the important information that, um, like Nick would need to know in the event I did not pull through. And I'm like, and I and I said and I gave him my my passcode to my computer. And I'm like, here, here's this information. This is who you need to know about the podcast. And here's the code to my computer. Don't give this to my wife under any. <laughs> 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 I was like, she cannot go into my computer. But if something happens to me, Open up my computer. There's a file on the desktop for her. Let her get it, and then shut my computer and throw it away.
0: There's a file. There's a file on Greg's computer. It just says "hot black guys," and it's just.
1: It's, just
0: a hot... <laughs> it's wild.
1: My, my old folder to hide porn in was prawn. Like I was so clever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, they caught that one real quick. I was like, ah, fuck it should have put, prom, put prom. 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 Like, oh, these prom photos? Oh, well, let's see yeah. his prom
2: photos. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> what did Eddie do at prom? No!
1: <laughs> Dude, I fucked up my little brother when he was like six watching hentai. <laughs> I, was the oh, no. I was at my mom's house. I was at my mom's My friend sent me this fucking Urotsuki Doji, it's called. It's some weird like demon hentai porn thing. And it's not like I get off on I was just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I put it on... And, and my little brother walks, he's like, ah, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck, sorry. Oops, sorry. I, that's going to scar you for life. Awesome.
2: <laughs> and on that note,
1: <laughs> we can wrap up the
2: episode of the Mangina Dialogues.
1: Thank you guys for having me.
2: Yeah, Thank you funny. for uh, chilling. Oh, thanks man. for coming cool.
1: on. Hope I made sense. I was, you know, just rambling for a while. That's all
2: good. We we <laughs> hardly ever make sense. Um, so you made perfect sense in it for us, and this was great. Love talking music. We could do this, and we should uh, on a more often basis. Sure, brother. Right, brother. Hold on.